At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. Well, it started with a simple text message. Hey, are you in town? The response came quickly. As a matter of fact, I am in town. I'm here with my family. We'll be here until Sunday. That is what started an opportunity for two 50-year-old guys who both serve in pastoral ministry at different parts of our country to reconnect. Now, the reason I knew that he might be in town was because I had seen his Instagram feed and saw pictures of some spots in my hometown, and so that's why I sent him the text. And so a couple days later, my friend David Hauk joined Bonnie and the kids and I on the beach in our hometown of Ludington. This is my friend Dave. And I want you to know that Dave is my first friend. It goes all the way back to the early days of elementary school. And so when we gathered on the beach, we caught up, we laughed, we told stories. You know what that's like when you catch up with someone you haven't seen in a while and you have all these shared experiences from when you were young. We talked about the elementary school days. We talked about what it's like now as dads of teenagers. But I want you to know that the bond we shared was not just because we went to Pierre Marquette Elementary School. The bond we shared was not just because we both had and loved Mr. Moss as our fourth grade teacher. The bond we shared was not because our dads coached our Little League baseball team. You know, like the red jerseys and the pinstripe pants, you remember those? That's not the reason we connected. You see, the bond that Dave and I have runs deeper it runs deeper because we have a shared faith in Jesus Christ. We depend upon a holy God. And we have a place within the family of God. So I want to tell you, that afternoon was life-giving. That afternoon that we spent talking and laughing and sharing stories was one of those things that gave life to my soul. And you have friends like that too, don't you? That's what friendships are for. Those godly relationships that bring us joy, that bring us peace, that have a sense of belonging and a weightiness to it. You have those too, don't you? You see, today we're going to be examining a portion of Scripture that speaks to the importance of those types of relationships. Those deep, rich, authentic real friendships. And I want to warn you this morning. I want to warn you because what we're going to be looking at is Psalm 133, and I think it just might be transformative for each of us here this morning when we look at the relationships that we have in our lives. Now, before we turn to that text, let's pray together. Gracious God, we're humbled that you've called us here today. We're humbled that you have placed us within this family. God, we thank you for that. But God, we don't take those things for granted. We know that many come and go and worship in different experiences, and yet they long for deeper connection, first with you and then with others. And so, God, we pray to that end today. 
We pray that the text we read might minister to our hearts today through the power of your Holy Spirit, that it might mold us and shape us and change us today. But God, in order for us to do that, we need eyes to see the truth that is your word. We need ears to hear this truth and then humble hearts to put it into practice in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, we are jumping into a new sermon series. The sermon series is titled, Built for More, and it actually builds upon the series that we looked at last. We talked about the Assembly Required series. And you may recall that what we've been doing is when we've been looking at different psalms, not necessarily connected, but different psalms that highlight different themes for God's people when we gather together in the context of worship. We began by the importance of delighting in God's Word. And then we talked about the significance of confession, both individually and corporately. We talked about the importance of praising God for who He really is. And then last week, Pastor Ben highlighted the importance of giving testimony not only to who God is, but what he has done in our lives. That's where we've been. That gives us the foundation then to move outward. Because the church that God is building is not just a place for, out, for insiders. Some of us think it's like this little special club, and I want you to know that's not true. In fact, a British theologian named William Temple once famously said these words. He said, the church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not members. The church exists for primarily for those who are not members because we are to take the gospel outward. So today we begin a series on what it means for the church to do just that, to speak to who we are, to speak to what we're called to do, what we're called to experience. And that's what we're going to be looking at over the course of the next few Sundays. Now, I want you to know I'm excited about this text. Uh, when you read the Psalms, you can look at a number of different stories. We've seen uh, David's heart cry and a number of different things, but I want you to know that I love this text because it is filled with powerful imagery. In all the Psalter, Psalm 133 is perhaps my favorite because it is concise. And when you read it, you have a very clear understanding of what's being communicated. So there's imagery, it's concise, and it's direct, it's clear. So let's grab our Bibles and turn to Psalm 133. We're going to be reading the Psalm of David, and it comes in the context of something called a Song of Ascent. I'll explain what that means in a little bit. Here is Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. That's Psalm 133. And as I mentioned, that is what's called 
uh, one of what's called the Psalms of Ascent or the Songs of Ascent. Now, each of these psalms or songs were proclaimed, were boldly proclaimed and sung by God's people on their pilgrimage that they would make to Jerusalem three times every year. And that's the context of these. God's people would sing these as they were traveling together. So it's a time of celebration. It's a time for an acknowledgement of the goodness of God and the unity that they're experiencing together. So let's enter their journey. Let's see what that experience looks like. You've got God's people. They're gathering and they are journeying together. From all across the land, they're walking and they're going to Jerusalem. As they get closer to the city, the city sits on a hill. And so when you talk about ascending or the Psalms of Ascent, they are singing and reciting these things as they're climbing that ascent up to the city of Jerusalem. Now as they're doing that, you might imagine that I have my family and my group and then there's your group and you're coming and then there's another group and they're coming and we're all kind of entering into the space as we're climbing the hill to Jerusalem. And so you're joined by others. And you know what they're doing? They're doing the same thing. They're singing psalms of ascent. Together we gather as God's people. And in that space, what we experience is joy and oneness. Now before we go any further today, let's be real with each other in this moment. Who among us in our culture today could not use a little bit of joy and a little bit of oneness? So often when people say, you know what, the Bible is irrelevant, it does not connect with life today, I beg to differ. Look at what we're talking about today. Joy and oneness, that's what we need in our culture. So let's take a closer look at the psalm itself and see what it is that you and I can learn, what you and I might be able to experience for our journey as we do so in community. We're going to look at verse 1 a little more closely. It says, Behold! How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Right there in that first verse, we see the primary theme of the psalm. Remember I said it is crystal clear, it's concise, not a long psalm, and it's crystal clear, he says it right there at the beginning, it's about unity. David, who writes this psalm, wants you to know and experience and wants us to celebrate the unity that we have as the people of God. So that's exactly what we're going to be doing this morning. We're going to be seeing three specific ways that you and I can truly enter in and celebrate the gift that we have of spiritual unity. And the first way is that when we come into the family. The first way is that we have an opportunity to come into the family of God. David begins that word and says, Behold! What he's doing there is he's saying, Hey! Do I have your attention? Because what I'm going to say next is really, really important. He says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. What he's doing there is he's pronouncing a blessing, a blessing for the spiritual family. And I want to highlight the word brothers there for a second. What he does not say is, hey, it's really good and significant when acquaintances get together. He doesn't say it's really good and it's really important and it's really significant when neighbors get together. He's been speaking intentionally in this moment 
of the family of God and a people of faith, thus the term brothers. Insert sisters as well. You see, this is why the gift of spiritual unity can only be experienced by those who are within the context of the family of God. So for our purposes today, this means this type of unity that we find David speaking of comes through a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who lived perfectly, who died sacrificially, and then who rose to life again miraculously. That's Christ. And if you have placed your faith in him, if you are in Christ today, then you're part of the family of God. If you are in Christ today, then you are invited into this community of faith that David is speaking of, of this church. And if you're in Christ today, then you can and should live good and pleasant lives, experiencing unity with our brothers and with our sisters. You see, the church, the family of God, is both universal and it is local. It is God's contemporary expression of his family. It's a spiritual family. It is connected in faith. Now, to be clear, I'm going to be super honest here in a moment. This expression of the local church is broken, it is flawed, and it is imperfect. Do you know why that is? Because you're there, and because I am. And we're broken, flawed people in need of God's grace. You see, the church is filled with sinners like us. Someone I know has even called it unfinished. The readers among you will know what I did there. Because the fact of the matter is, you and I are works in progress. The psalmist emphasizes that it is good and pleasant. That's the nature of unity. That's what happens when we experience unity. It is good. Here's what that means. Good means what is right. And that's what we should experience. And pleasant means that's what we desire. So it is both good, what is right, and it is pleasant, what we desire. Now David makes it very clear that there are, in fact, conditions attached to these blessings. Not only do we need to be a part of the family of God to receive the blessing, but we must also choose to dwell within the family of God. This means that each and every individual believer must purposefully do life together in community with other members of the faith family. We must be intentional about it. We must seek it out. We must pursue connection. I love the way Eugene Peterson sums it up in his book, Long Obedience in the Same Direction. He says, Scripture knows nothing of a solitary Christian. It's not in there. People of faith are always a member of a community. Love that. Scripture knows nothing of a solitary Christian. And I want you to know as your pastor, I affirm that. I affirm what David is communicating in the psalm. I affirm what Eugene Peterson has written here. And that's why I'm going to emphasize and be very clear about some practical, tangible ways for every person here today to experience what we're talking about. It happens best in the context 
of a life group, of a men's group, of a women's group. Intentionally submitting before other believers, that's how we can experience the good and the pleasant life that David writes of. You see, when you participate in a life group, where either you're a man, you're a woman, or you're a child, what happens in there is that is an intentional time where you read God's word together. You allow it to penetrate your hearts and then your conversation. You have genuine relational interaction and community with other people. And then you reach the world with the gospel. As I said earlier, that's what we want for every single person here. When we talk about our church as a whole, we're not just saying, hey, you know what, that'd be a really good thing for like a small slice of our congregation to be a part of. We mean everybody. Because what's happening in this text shows us the importance of being in authentic community. So if you're looking for that, again, I want to remind you, after the service, head to our Welcome Center. We would love to work with you and get you connected in a group as we, as we get things rolling again in the fall. Now let's look back at our text. Let's gonna, we're going to spend a little more time, actually, in verse 1 to see the second reason that you and I can, in fact, celebrate. In unity, God's people can come together and experience harmony. We can come and experience harmony. You see, not only has God given his covenant people the gift of spiritual family, that connection point of people and faith, but he also has provided us the gift of unity. The psalmist is commending the family of God for, in fact, living in unity and living in harmony that is provided. That might seem counterintuitive. You might say, well, that, that seems kind of abstract, doesn't it? It kind of seems like, oh yeah, I know that can happen, but that's kind of outside here. That's nice, Pastor, but that has not at all been my experience in the context of a church. If your experience in a church has been painful, I want you to know that's not what God intended. And as a pastor in God's church, I want to say I'm sorry. You see, God desires that we would experience unity and harmony within the body of Christ. The pain and the angst of what you've experienced is not what God had in mind for his people. I can say that with confidence because of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the believers in a place called Ephesus. Here's what he writes. He says, for he himself is our peace. Jesus himself provides us the peace. He has made us both one and has broken down in the flesh the dividing wall of hostility between abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinance. Why would he do that? That he might create in himself one new man in the place of two. In himself, in Christ, he's going to create one man in the place of two, so by making peace that he might reconcile us to God in one body through the cross. At the foot of the cross, we come together as the body of Christ through Jesus' work on the cross. We are not only drawn into that covenantal relationship with God, but we are also drawn into the family of God and a new group of people. But let's be honest, it's hard, isn't it? That can be really difficult, can it? You guys experience that? It's tough. 
Well, I want you to know that even amongst the people of God right now, the world in which we live seems to be dividing us. So I'm going to go there for just a moment. I want to encourage you to buckle up because the ride might be a little bumpy. Even amongst the people of God, we are divided among to mask or not to mask. We are divided about whether we should send our kids to school or if we should keep them home. We should have them on a computer or we should homeschool. Those among us within the family of God are divided. Some of us choose to watch CNN news and others of us choose to watch Fox News. Some of us vote Republican and some of us vote Democrat. I want you to know these are not just hot-button issues in our culture. You might say, well, yeah, those things happen outside of the church. We have dividing lines on, on that thing outside of the church. I want you to know every single issue that I just raised, I have had conversations with people on both sides of that argument. Both of them. Masks, pro. Masks, no. They're here. People who watch CNN, people who watch Fox, you're here. Our church family is on every side of these issues. And these are the things that can divide us. And yet what David is inviting you and I to participate in, what he is welcoming us to is something deeper than all of that. Something that requires more graciousness than all of that. Something that requires a genuine heart-level humility from all of us. As we strive to have harmony and unity within the family of God. Now I want you to know, oftentimes I can tell you something from the scriptures, I can communicate that truth and then kind of move on. I'm not going to on this issue. I want to leave this, I want to leave us today with an assignment, okay? So I want to encourage you, grab your phones, grab your mobile devices, grab a paper and a pencil, because here is an assignment for every single person within our congregation. Here we go. You guys ready? Okay, good. Here we go. I want you to seek out another member of this church of our faith family, who you know thinks differently than you on these issues. And I want you to enter into a discussion with them about masks, about schooling, about politics. And I want you to seek to understand their position. I'm not asking you to convince them to your position. I want you to say, I don't understand why you think that way. Would you please help me understand? You vote this way. I know you do. I don't get it. That seems really strange to me. Would you help me understand? Seek a believer. Seek another member within the family of God. That's how harmony and unity can happen when we learn from each other on these issues that can so easily divide us. And this is how we must practice it in our own lives. This is not something that, well, them, they do that. No, it's us. 
We're called to enter into those difficult discussions so we can experience unity and harmony among the family. And let's see what's next. Let's continue on in verse 2. It says, It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion. Unity is like that, David says. What he's doing is he's painting a vivid picture of a first century blessing in this text. That's what we just read. And that helps you and I see the third reason that we can celebrate. In unity, God's people can come and we can be refreshed. We can be refreshed. This is specifically why David uses those two elements as object illustrations. He uses both oil and dew, and I want to spend a little bit of time on the oil because what's important for us to know is that that was a sign, not only for the people in that time period, but for you and for me. It was a sign of blessing. It was a sign of refreshment. So here's what oil represents. The anointing oil was something that was made of a special kind of sacred recipe. So it was unique, it was special. And it was used only for special events. It was only used to anoint special people. In this case, we're talking about priests. Now, why all the uniqueness? Why all the special nature of the the recipe, the, the event, the people? What's so significant about it? What it communicates is that that individual is set apart. Set apart with God's presence. The oil in this text was a clear sign for God's people to recognize that they had the presence of God. And the amount of oil David writes of in this psalm that just covers him from head to toe, it's not just a little anointing, it's not just a little drop of oil, it is an oil that is overflowing. The blessing is one of abundance. It is a picture of God's blessing that flows upon his people. It's a blessing of his presence. That's how we can be refreshed. And the last picture is one of dew from Mount Hermon. If you don't know, that's the highest mountain in the region. And if you know anything about the high altitude, what happens is is when that sunset, the dew comes in and it is thick, it is heavy. When you wake up in the morning, oftentimes things are just covered with dew. You're drenched with dew. You can see the significance there. You connecting the dots. Water is a sign and a symbol of God's refreshment. And it overflows. You see, when God's people seek to practice and to experience genuine unity among the people of God, you and I will be refreshed. I can say that because we will experience the presence and the the growth that comes from unity with our Father and unity with others. Our souls will be refreshed. And here's how David closes out the psalm. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Life forevermore. You see, the blessing of unity that we're all looking at this morning, it is an everlasting blessing. 
It is a fantastic and beautiful picture. Now, as I close, I want to take us back to the beginning of the message. I told you about my friend Dave and reconnecting with him after a number of years. And then I told you something that, you know what, that was life-giving and it was good for my soul. This is why. This is why that was so rich for me. This psalm helps you and I understand why. Because in that moment, I was experiencing the gift of unity within the family of God. And church, I want you to know that it's something that you and I, as believers, as part of the family, should experience regularly. We should enjoy it consistently. And we should celebrate it. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.